Alright, we're gonna start. Let's do it. Uh... Here, a girl drink drunk. Excuse me, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, welcome to another episode of Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba comedy editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba TV editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And uh... <laughs> I, I fizzled out on it. Uh, he doesn't he's... remember my name. No, he claims he's girl drink drunk. Dustin rolls. <laughs> Hello, Dan, and you're welcome. See what what had happened is I I had a different joke in my head in case this wasn't going to work, the name, and then it, like, my brain tried to fuse the two, and it didn't work, uh, and then I froze and paused for a couple seconds, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. Why are, like, are you actually girl drink drunk, Dustin? <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I prefer Alagash, as you both know. Yes. But when I do have cocktails, they're, you know, I really like the fruity kinds. If that's, <laughs> a, you know, if you want to put an umbrella on it, that's great. Oh, yeah. But really, it's the margarita just will ruin me. Uh, and is that is that what you're drinking tonight? No, I'm just having an Alagash tonight. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, I'm having, I'm having tequila. <laughs> I'm doing it for just, you. Oh, just by you. itself? No, no, no. I well, I made not a margarita. I made a Paloma, sort of, uh, which is like hey, grapefruit a soda. A Paloma. It's like grapefruit soda and tequila, and then like a little bit oh, of lime. Oh, see, my very favorite drink is grapefruit and vodka, which is a greyhound. Right. So the, yeah, this yeah. is the tequila version. But here's the thing. So the tequila I bought is. Have you heard of Terramana? Oh, no, no, because that's a fancy thing. No, it's not. It's So you know how, like, celebrities have all their alcohol lines? Uh Uh-huh. So this one is from The Rock. (laughs) Oh, God. So in honor of Young Rock, although now I'm a little bit upset that I bought it, I didn't find out that, uh, that Randall Park wasn't in the more recent episode until after I had already bought The Rock's freaking tequila. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of bitterness here, but, uh, no, I was in the liquor store and I was like, I haven't bought tequila in since forever. So I was like Googling different brands to find out like what, what's a good tequila with the kids these days. And I, and I was like, this one's the rock. And I was like, what? So anyway, that's how I ended up with it. You know, like shitty B-list stars never have their own drinks. That's a shame, you know? Well, uh, Josh Hartnett should have his own tequila. It would not make you feel good the next day. <laughs> I bet it wouldn't. <laughs> That's the problem. Although, so did you see the wine that is, uh, what is it like? There's a wine brand that's got, um, it's like Snoop Dogg, I think. Oh, oh on I don't it. think I want a Snoop Dogg wine. I, I would know. drink like a Katherine Heigl wine, like totally. It'd like <laughs> fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. She probably would have a really nice rosé or prosecco, yeah, something yeah. bubbly. Mm-hmm. I would drink her Lambrusco. Like uh, that sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. Like a, a wine spritzer from like uh, Kelly Kapowski, her whatever her name is. Oh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yeah, yeah. I feel like also some of those celebrities would it, it would have to be canned wine. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, which yeah, I'm not. Like that Billy, is, yeah. Billy Zane's canned wine. No, he would have a canned cocktail, and it would be like what Dan buys, which is the stuff that is so simple it doesn't need to be well, in a can. I I only <laughs> bought it once, and I only bought one can to try it, and it was gross. So never. Again. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, but if Billy Zane were hawking it, would you buy it again? I would. I would drink a Billy Zane drink. I would too. A Zane Zin. Oh. oh shit! Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, Zane Zin, and it would come in like the the like the big party size bottle. <laughs> That's like for when you have guests over, but it's not when right. you'd ever serve your guests. So you just end up with this like giant jug of wine. Yeah. 
And like uh, Vince Vaughn would have like, uh, it'd be like um, fruit punch and vodka. <laughs> when you find the bottles of like shitty sangria. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, his would be in a box. You have like a dried fruit at the bottom of it. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that sounds honestly but terrible. We, we talk about Trader Joe's products all the time. Like they should have their own line of, you know, their their dried fruit. Celebrity alcohol. Well, no, not celebrity alcohol, but the dried fruit oh. section. Just throw that in some wine. <laughs> Definitely. Like why not? I buy their chili spice uh, pineapple, dried pineapple. That would taste great. Probably. Well, I don't know what wine that would taste great in, but like, you know, whatever it was, I would buy it <laughs> at least once. You get like Gary Busey's drink and you open it up and it just punches you in the mouth. <laughs> it's not, it's like a step below moonshine. <laughs> it's literally just like 90 proof. <laughs> it's a 90 proof rubbing alcohol. <laughs> That's, that's terrible. You can drink it and then nurse your wounds. <laughs> yeah, it's not actually something to drink. It's something that after you get in a bar fight, you pour on yourself. <laughs> we know you've just been stabbed with a bottle, so you're going to need to clean that out. <laughs> it's bottle disinfects itself. The, uh, the cork is like the same. It's a rawhide, so it's for you to bite on when, like, you have to, when they're sewing you up. No, it's just a, it's a hunk of beef jerky. <laughs> so it also counts as a snack. Uh, I feel like we're just uh, giving jealous. away these, these yeah, ideas. Yeah, we got to stop free. giving these away for free because yeah. this is, these, these are, these are great ideas. Um, uh, I'm, I'm drinking a, uh, Sapporo Pure, which I didn't know they made a light beer, but they do, and it's fine. It's a <laughs> light Sapporo. I don't know. I don't know what you want. Does it does it taste like a normal, or is it does it taste lighter? It tastes like a it tastes like a Sapporo, just like blander. So <laughs> it's you, fine. Are your arteries clearing as you drink it? Uh, no, but I do feel like I am not going to get drunk, which is good because, you know, um, it's, uh, shouldn't, shouldn't be a heavy drinking night for me. Uh, anyway, um, I digress and let's move on to actual television. Uh, we're going to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, in a bit. Um, that's the, probably the one show, I don't know, they, Disney said it's their biggest launch ever, which who knows what that means, but. Everybody watching charges all an extra dollar a month now. Uh, Wait, yes. they said they so it's bigger than the Mandalorian. Uh, I believe that they said today that it's the it's officially the biggest launch of the platform so far. Mm. Um, hmm. Most watched series premiere ever. Hmm. Well, that makes sense because the Mandalorian only had like forty million subscribers, and now they have like a hundred million. Subscribers. Yeah, true. They have more now. Yeah, and right, they did so not pro- they did not provide any numbers. They just said that. Uh, that it's the, uh, yeah, that this is number one. said all of them, just all of them watched it. They said, like, <laughs> trust us, it's, uh, it's fine. Everyone um, watched it. Yeah. But before we get there, uh, we wanted to talk briefly about uh, Staged, which uh, Tori has brought to our attention. Yes. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Tori, why don't you take it away? Because I, I, I watched it on your recommendation and then quickly binge the whole thing. <laughs> So uh, this is a show that came over from the UK. It's a BBC show. Um, Hulu now, like last week, Hulu launched the second uh, series. And this is the show that to me kind of breaks the pandemic lockdown Zoom show. Uh, To me, like I was very uninterested in those kind of shows, the shows filmed Mm -hmm. in lockdown that make it that are about lockdown and it's, you know, characters on video calls and it's, you know, um, so all of that stuff I, I was very turned off by, and that is literally exactly what staged is. Um, what saves it is that it is uh, Zoom calls between David Tennant and Michael Sheen, mm-hmm. uh, who the show would sort of have you believe became, and probably, I'll get to that. But, uh, you know, they starred together in Good Omens, presumably they're friends, they talk a lot. Uh, the show takes off from there. Uh, it is delightfully low stakes. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. you don't really have to pay attention. It's mostly just two dudes, uh, 
yammering at each other. Uh, but I, what I enjoy about it is uh, they've so you know in less than a year they shot two seasons, uh, and it the first season is about the premise, and this is where it gets interesting because it's like there's a willingness you as a viewer you want to believe that it's real. And the way the show plays with its own fiction and how much of it is factual and how much of it is scripted. um, It's not just, I mean, that all of that becomes text in like the characters themselves argue about how much is improv and how much is, is script. Uh, But the first season is about uh, Michael and David had signed on to do a play uh, and the, and then the lockdown happens. And so the director uh, tries to rally them to do rehearsals. Uh, over video conference so that uh, when the lockdown is lifted, they'd be the first play kind of ready to go on stage. And that Mm -hmm. does not work out great (laughs) because they keep (laughs) going on, uh, you know, pissing off Samuel L. Jackson and having to get lectured by Judi Dench and Mm -hmm. all sorts of things happen. Um, But I think it gets even more interesting in the second season because the second season is not a continuation of the first season. Right. The second season takes the premise that stage series one was a TV show and it did well. And now uh, American producers want to create an American version of it. Uh, And so the writer director is brought to L.A., uh, and Michael and David are not invited because (laughs) apparently America doesn't like them. (laughs) So it's all about them trying to sabotage the American version because they're so upset that they're being recast. Right. Um, And what I love about that is, is and again, this is where like the, how much of it is fiction kind of comes in. Like America loves them. Like Michael, at no point during the show, do they acknowledge that Michael Sheen is currently starring on an American network drama. (laughs) Right. And David Tennant, by virtue of being, Doctor, uh, Who. Doctor Who is probably one of the more recognizable British actors uh, to American audiences. Exactly. And like they'll mention Doctor Who, but they never they kind of downplay the idea that he would be notable in America for it. Right. Um, so but the, the thing with so they had a couple of interesting cameos in the first season. But the second season is all about the actors that are brought in to read for the parts of David and Michael. Mm-hmm. And so the entire season is just cameo after cameo. Right. Um, so like at, at first it's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. With the idea, which is great, because it's like, oh, well, they're <laughs> similar to Michael and David. They're real life friends and they're actors mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, but then they start. It kind of goes off the rails from there. Like Ken Jong shows up. Uh, Ewan McGregor has a wonderful bit where he's complaining yeah. about uh, he's he's reading for David and complaint and, and assuming that the writer uh, hates Scottish people because <laughs> <laughs> all David seems to do is whine. And he's like, right. we're not that whiny. <laughs> like, uh, and uh, Hugh Bonneville. Um, oh, God, who else? Oh, they get and and then kind of the last round that's that's really interesting is they decided to go in a different direction and they bring in Kate Blanchett and Phoebe Waller Bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so uh, and they it, never bring in Ham because John Ham seems well suited to that sort of surprisingly thing. no, but he would have fit in oh. like you know, at, at at any any given episode you literally have no idea what who they're going to bring in because they just keep upping the stakes. Yeah. Um, But then there's also actors who are not playing themselves. So Whoopi Goldberg and Ben Schwartz are in it, but they're playing an agent and her assistant. Yeah. Oh, and they're, they're both so good. And they're so good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. And what, what I liked about it just as, again, as a show kind of filmed in lockdown, um, you know, it, it's it's nice background. It's just people talking who are fairly mm-hmm. interesting um, and and kind of have their own uh, egos and and uh, depressions and things going on. But it's not necessarily like, you know, they're they're frustrated that they're not working. But it's not necess- there's not like huge drama. Right. Uh, but I, I also think that the way like watching the beginning of the show and the very end of it. Um, it starts off with like kind of tech issues, much like most of us had, you know, mm-hmm. how do I know that this thing is working? Am I muted? Am I frozen? Am I like, you see the kind of tech issues of a video conference, but then the end of the show, um, the very last scene of the last of the second series, um, Michael 
meets David in person. And it's the first time you see them kind of outside of their own homes. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing where like uh, David has has gone to another city to to shoot. He He's been cast in something so they're starting production the lockdown is winding down and it's close to where michael lives in wales so he comes out uh with his family and like wearing masks and kind of ambushes david in a while he's sitting in his car with his wife mm-hmm. and it's and so again it's still shot like you know there's like a can yeah you know, a camera on the you know dashboard and it's all right. very like um it's still like low lo-fi but it's you see the awkwardness of, of these two people who have spent months talking over video and they, they're finally face to face and they roll down the window and they, they don't have anything to say to each other. It's like right. they're so uncomfortable being <laughs> physically in the same space together. And it's, it's yeah. like what happens when Dan and I get together. What are you talking about? <laughs> I am a delight in person. Everyone knows this. Um, no, it, it, it's funny because, yeah, because they, they go through so many like, like it, it is low stakes story, as you say, but their emotional journey, like for the two of them is like, they go through such wild swings of like their codependency and like the way that they, um, you know, their, uh, their, their characters in the show are clearly friends and like, uh, you know, weirdly do need each other, even though they fight like crazy and they're like, they're, they're like both so sick of each other and like kind of can't live without the other, right? at least within like their lockdown world. And then, and then when you get to that last scene and they're kind of like, Oh, well, we'll, 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 we'll chat on, we'll, we'll, we'll call, I'll call you on the computer. Yeah. And it's, but it's a weird thing. Cause I was thinking about like, as I'm, you know, as we're all kind of facing, like getting, you know, getting our vaccines and, and maybe, mm-hmm. you know, a sense of normalcy returning in the, you know, coming months. I, I have an anxiety of like, you know, going to restaurants or like being, doing the things that I used to do, such right. as just seeing, seeing people, people in person. Yeah. Right. Mm. You know, and how uncomfortable that first time will be. And I thought the show, you know, it was surprising in the way that it hit these notes that all of us are probably thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you're watching just two sort of, you know, B-list actors do it, it's like you, you kind of forget your problems while they're also being accurately represented on screen. Right. Um, so if anyone is looking for a very fast binge, um, I recommend it. It's just it's it's delightful. Yeah. I would just mention that I looked it up on the Hulu and episode three of season one has a uh, little uh picture of sam jackson looking at the camera yes like he's Mm -hmm. lost and the title of the episode is who the fuck is michael sheen yes and i want to watch it Uh, that episode is that's kind of like that's the first that's basically the first big cameo of like a series of escalating cameos yeah where like that's like the baseline that they set yeah. That's the first time it's like, oh, someone who I know and recognize <laughs> is kind of a big deal. And then like it, it and then it, it heightens from there, which is yeah intense. And it's also you can tell that it was sort of, you know, obviously Michael Sheen and David Tennant have worked in so many, you know, movies and shows and, and they have encountered so many people. And so you, you definitely get the sense of like, you know, everyone was in lockdown and they were all bored and they could probably just call in favors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, cause something like that, like shooting with Samuel L. Jackson, they only needed him for maybe, you know, assuming he knew his lines, he only needed to show up on a video call for like 20 minutes, right? you know, get the right take and he's done. Right. Um, and so, you know, by the, the cameo in the last episode is Dame Judi Dench, and she just mm-hmm. lays, into, lays into the two of them. And it is one so of the good. most satisfying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's this one, this one line, because a, a lot of the whole running gag of the first season is uh, their billing, whether it will be <laughs> David Tennant on, on the play. Like, if they're doing the poster for the play, is it going to be David Tennant with Michael Sheen, or is it going to be Michael Sheen and David Tennant? Um, and so they argue back and forth and Dame Judi Dench is kind of called in by the producer to like put an end to this and tell them that they're being childish. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael trots out the fact that uh, he was the second choice, you know, and she's kind of just like, look, you guys have agreed to do the play. We're professionals. Just 
do the, do the fucking job. Right. And Michael's like, but how, you know, how do I go on? Like, I know I was the second choice for this part. You know, do you know what that feels like? And she's like, no, I'm Judy Tench. I've never been the second <laughs> choice for anything. And she's like, do you know how hard it is for everyone to always be coming to me? Like, it's hard to say, no. like, she's like, it's my job to say no. Yeah. And that's hard. <laughs> and that's hard. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was great. Um, there, there are a couple of things that, that they did that I thought were, were really uh, fun and smart. And one thing being like the um, because the second season recontextualizes the first season as being a show. Yeah. Um, then like them being horrible in the first season is kind of like you, you know, you you kind of once you start the second season, you kind of like repurpose it. You're like, OK, those were you know, David Tennant in quotes and Michael Sheen in quotes. Like, that was their characters, David and Michael, not the real David and Michael. <laughs> but then the second season, of course, is still a show. Uh, but but they do start off a little bit nicer to each other in a way that, it, that, like, that like, made it feel like, oh, okay, they are different than they were in the first season. And then, of course, they end up getting into fights in season two when now they're the real David and Michael. Right. And it turns out they're just as petty as they were in the show. Yeah. And the whole, both seasons, like, it's really, the, the second season really digs into the idea of, like, how much of the first season was real. And right. in in kind of, like, throwing that out there, um, you know, like, on screen talking about it, how much of the right. writing was them improvising versus the, the writer Right. actually like laying out the scenes or whatever. And mm-hmm. as much as they claim credit for stuff, um, it then it obviously makes you want to question how much of it is in the second season is real, um, <laughs> right. you know, because they're doing it. And, and there are things like, you know, uh, David's wife, uh, mm-hmm. Georgia is his wife on the show and same with Michael. Right. And like, you know, so it's like, you know, like they're bringing in elements of their own lives, but it, it isn't real. It's there's still right. fiction happening. So, right. Um, the other the other thing that I really loved was the um, the uh, oh shoot, I, I want to hang on. I want to look at the names just because I want to make sure I get the names right. But the um, the way that the uh, even though the first season is supposedly uh, fiction and the second season is you know quote unquote real, right. Um, the, the friendship slash relationship between, uh, Georgia Tennant and Anna Lundberg, Anna is, uh, Michael Sheen's wife. Right. Um, like that is constant <laughs> throughout. Yeah. So like their, their kind of like, uh, uh, position in the show as like the, the comedic straight man to David and, and Michael, um, doesn't change. And their, their like kind of like exasperation remains, um. But I also loved their um, when they become friends with Lucy, who is uh, who is the the writer director's uh, sister sister yeah. in the show, uh, in the in the first one, season. yeah, show. yeah. Uh, but she's but it, oh now I'm confused. So in season two, she's still his sister. It's just <laughs> that she's playing the real version of her, right? Right? Yeah. So yeah, and so like, even though the, I don't think she is in real life, I don't think she is. Yeah. Yeah, um, but like they have like they end up with like a nice little runner of like a bond and friendship. That I'm like, oh, this is, it's like nice to see like they have like a healthy friendship when David and Michael are so self destructive. Right, but it's also a lot of their friendship is forged out of the fact that like they get together to talk about why their husbands are fighting. <laughs> right, <laughs> and and there's this thing that's at play where it's like uh, David and his wife have five kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael and his wife have just had like have an infant. She's like a, a year old, and so both of these women are you know like and with lockdown, it's like they're schooling and they're you know right. home with infants and you know there's there's all this mothering going on and they have this bond over the fact that like oftentimes they're babysitting their husbands more than the kids. Right. And there's some scenes that are just hysterical where it's like you know oh the baby's fine no Michael Michael's it's it's Michael's nap time. <laughs> um there was there was one other thing that i thought was really um i I don't know if you noticed this story but like that i I loved was i i don't remember it was somewhere in season one but just as a just kind of like as a an aside where um there was it was in david uh i think it was a scene with david in georgia and it was in their house so they, they may not have been on zoom like within the story right um but you could see in the corner the the staircase, and you can see one of their clearly real life children like wandering down the stairs, <laughs> and then like 
and it's like obviously not part of the show. And then like in a it like moments later in in a different like it cuts to something else and cu- cuts back, and you can see the same kid like going back up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and they shot kind of because they they don't explain those. So the one thing that becomes apparent, especially so the very last scene of this of the second season, um, mm-hmm. after they've done that that car bit, um, yeah. they essentially insert during the credits an outtake. Yeah, and it, and it's the final kind of removal of the 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 fourth wall. Well, they're kind of showing how they produced this, and so right. you see David and Georgia in the car, and they've got, and they're wondering like, wait, is the camera on? Have I turned it on or have I turned it off? Has it been recording? No, no, no. The audio recorder is between us in the cup holder. Yeah. So I mean that that's definitely on, but I don't know like how do we tell? And you know, and so you realize like the whole time, yeah, they it's not just the video conference bits, even the bits in their homes, like. They're, right, it's all it's all self-produced. It's that, all self-shot. Somebody else yeah. was in it because then it's like David laughing, like "Have fun with this." Click, yeah. you know, because it's like, yeah, they're going to turn the footage over to their editor, right? Um, but they had to shoot everything themselves. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I, I really enjoyed it, and especially getting like you know, there's a whole fake feud. But I'm assuming fake. Again, we don't know how much of it is fiction, but uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge claiming that uh, David Tennant uh, had harassed oh, her, pranked on the, her, pranked her so much yeah. on the oh. set of Broadchurch that <laughs> yeah. there was something where every time she would have to go to the bathroom, uh, he would have a phone, like a, a sound go off on his phone, um, and it somehow became like a a tick with her where whenever that sound happens, she has to rush to the bathroom. Yeah. It's like he, he kept doing it until it became Pavlovian. Yeah. And like, and like he could play it and then make her go to the bathroom. (laughs) No recollection of her being in Broadchurch. I think it's Ah. like the second season. It's the second season. She's, um, I watched that too. Was she? Oh, holy shit. No, I I reckon I recognize her now, but I didn't, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yep. But the uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I agree with Tori. I think it was um, I, I think like you, Tori, I was not um, I was not like necessarily looking forward to or looking for a show that was a pandemic show and a, on top of that, a, a Zoom pandemic show. Right. Um, but the it, it definitely went from being kind of like, a, oh, this is fun in the background. Like I can kind of listen to it. And then um, especially when it got to season two, then it, it becomes um I, like yeah, it it became I I was by the end I was like really invested in David and Michael and like their friendship and the yeah. fact that they're like, you know, they they kind of just need each other. <laughs> and I really want to go back and watch Good Omens again because I'm like I just want more of the two of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, that staged. It's all on Hulu. Uh, cool. Um. I will watch it way more than I thought we were going to, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> and we just spoiled now, it for anyone who hasn't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything, but I'm still going to watch it because I want to see what you've described, and particularly a, named Judy Dench. Oh my god! Yeah. No, knowing that she's coming is does not uh, does not spoil it at all. I yeah, that is the that. one thing I will say is like the surprise of the cameos is nice, but how they play out, like mm-hmm. knowing that it's coming does not spoil it. It's still yeah. whenever they show up on screen and you see how the scenes work with these people, it's always better than you could imagine. Yeah. Um, and, uh, transition. I'm going to edit in a transition here. It'll be very good. <laughs> and, uh, because now we're going to talk about the Falcon and the winter soldier. Another streaming show, this one on Disney Plus. Uh, it's uh, it's the the next Marvel show. Obviously, everyone watched it according to uh, you know Disney. Disney. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody saw it, so everyone knows it's all. There's no need for spoiler warnings because you've all seen it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say. Um, I don't it's, have any, like I don't have any questions. It's straightforward, really well done. Yeah. Um, it felt like to me, it felt indistinguishable from like Marvel movies. In like in a like WandaVision was very much a TV show, and like I mean that in like the best way, where like it's constructed not just because of the format and everything, but um, 
you know, they, they very much wanted that to feel like a TV show. Whereas right. this kind of from the beginning, it feels like they're like, no, this, this should feel like the Marvel movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not like they're not playing with the format so much. It begins with like a big action thing. I think, yeah. and here's where I want to can like, so this is a six episode series. Yes. Theoretically, because the, the budgets were so high because it is a more straightforward action piece. It's called the Falcon and the winter soldier. And in one sixth of the show so far, the Falcon and the winter soldier have not been on screen <laughs> together. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> I mean, like, I knew there would be some preamble, some, like, setting up. I did not expect the setting up to be the entire first episode. They have right. not gotten together. Um, and I think that's right there. That is my biggest problem with it so far. Like, I, I liked it. I understand. I'm actually the one person who's probably, like, a little bit, like, meh about it so far. <laughs> I'm sure it'll get good. But the first, I was just like, ugh. I don't know. Um, I just want to say one thing before we move on to that show. Just I want to correct the record on something that was in my head until about 10 minutes ago. No, not until about 30 seconds ago. Okay. Uh, Georgia Tennant's father is not Stephen Moffat. It's no. Peter Moffat, who is totally different. No. So in my head, no. and I think a lot of people also believed that Georgia Tennant's father was the Doctor Who guy because of the connections and the and, and, and there was a lot of jokes about that and I think some people took it uh, seriously like I did and believed for many many years until just now that uh, Georgia Tennant's father was Stephen Moffat. No, it's not Stephen Moffat. It's well Peter. So Peter Davison is the yes. fifth Doctor. That's her father. Oh, his, his real oh. last name is Moffat, much like David oh, Tennant's that, real last name. There is a Doctor name. Who connection. There is. Oh. So, so the whole thing is she starred on an episode of Doctor Who called The Doctor's Daughter. And she um, played uh, a female uh, clone of David Tennant. Um, uh, and then she goes, I remember that episode. That episode, yeah. right? So, she, so she's in that. It was funny at the time because she is the fifth Doctor's daughter. Um, so the, ah. the doctor who was at that time in the classic doctor who he was the young hot one. He was the blonde with the celery on his lapel. Um, so she is his real daughter. And then it was like, oh, funny, we'll cast her as the doctor's daughter. And then she marries David Tennant. <laughs> so the fifth doctor is the 10th doctor's father-in-law. That's crazy. Yes. And so much better than... Stephen Moffat's daughter. I, I do like that, Dustin, you issued a correction <laughs> as if it was something that we had said on the podcast. <laughs> I need we to correct not. this. I need to correct the record. To correct the record in my mind. Um, well, I hope that oh, yes. becomes even more interesting for you. Yeah. Thank you. I do uh, appreciate anyway. you bringing that up because I forgot. <laughs> Captain Winter and American Soldier. Yes. Let's go with that. <laughs> Flappy Boy and Arm Guy. <laughs> oh wow! I, I thought it that. was. Uh, no, no, I, I thought it was the, like it felt very much like a movie, but then thematically, so much better than the movies because it, you know the nationalism, patriotism thing, plus also the whole race thing around giving the shield away. I thought that was like, so like not a place you expect the MCU to go. Mm -hmm. So, so this was something, um, so they haven't named him in the show yet, but so the, the episode ends with, uh, a new captain America being lodge 49 guy, right? Wyatt, Wyatt Russell. Yes. Um, so well, he's L playing lodge 49 guy. <laughs> and he, he is, uh, for, I'd like to correct the record. <laughs> he is the son of, uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Just so, Oh, I thought yeah. he was the brother of Carrie Russell. Uh, he is no? not. And you can tell because he doesn't have the haircut. Well, it's under the helmet. Well, So true. why is Kate and Oliver Hudson and he's Russell? Because oh, they're I'm not Kurt Russell's kids. Oh, they're not. They were just raised by Kurt Russell. Right. I believe. Who's, who's the Hudson? Uh... I don't know. I was, I was listening to Kate Hudson on a, 
I was listening to Kate Hudson on a podcast today, and she was just talking as though Kurt Russell were her father, and there was an, and and they like they, that's her family, and there was nothing. I'm sure it was like um, some groupy thing. I don't know. Hold on, I think. Okay, uh, Will so Bill Hudson, American musician and actor, he was a vocalist in the Hudson Brothers. Wow. And then, so I believe that's her dad, maybe. Nobody cares about that guy. Nope, you're no Kurt Russell, sir. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so the guy, so Wyatt Russell is playing the new Captain America. Um, that is based on an actual character in the comics who does take on the mantle of Captain America. Um, uh, Wyatt Russell is really hard to look at without a beard, by the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it was not a great, the helmet thing. Good looking guy with a beard, without a beard. Not, not a good well, one. in the in the suit, he looks really like goofy and like he looks like like thirties Captain America and like yeah. low rent in a way that I kind of appreciated. Yes. Where it's like he clearly looks like like a like a low rent version of Captain America. Um, but so so when he's introduced in the comics, the character's name is John Walker, I think, um, and he becomes a character later on called like basically Captain America takes the the shield back and then he moves on to become a character called U.S. Agent. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's basically he is like the late 80s, early 90s, like action version of of Captain America, like when they're kind of like we, we need to make him more like patriotic and, and, and but violent, like more Rambo-y. Right. And so he, he's sort of like not, he's not as good as Steve Rogers. They kind of went through everything that makes Steve Rogers who he is and then did the opposite to create the character of John Walker, <laughs> but still had him ultimately be like, want to be a patriot, but you know, just kind of be misguided. Um, but in the oh, comics, he's not going to be like a supervillain because I really want like a white supremacist. Super he villain. he has moments of villainy. I think it's going to be more about. Uh, it depends on, yeah, some of that does happen. But basically, oh, okay. uh, right. what when he was so this was I think it happened in the late eighties or early nineties. There's a, there after he's introduced, um, he's originally called like Super Patriot or something like that, and then uh, he fights with Captain America, and uh, it's around the time when Captain America is kind of like I don't want to sign up for the Superhero Registration Act or whatever, and he like he basically steps down. He he stops being Captain America, and a commission is formed to decide who will be the new Captain America, and the Falcon is one of the names considered, and I believe it's like explicit in the comics they're like oh the country isn't ready for a black captain america and so they raise up this sort of villain this guy that you've only really seen fighting captain america um and make him the new captain america um and eventually he kind of realizes as he acts as Captain America, like all the pressures that Steve Rogers had been under. And then they kind of sighed and he has a mental breakdown and eventually becomes U.S. agent. Mm. And then Mephisto comes out. And then Mephisto comes out and it's, yeah. But so, so it's interesting that like. I was just making that up. (laughs) No. Everyone's (laughs) Mephisto. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. There's always a chance that Mephisto is going to pop up. Um, (laughs) But no, so, so some of that does come from the comics, like that, that theme. I think it, you know, it continues to be prevalent, and I'm, I'm very happy that the show is is going. Well, you seem very excited about this, and yet not excited about the show. I am excited that the show is, is tackled that bit, like realizing that that came from the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, it, like, it would have been great. It would it was awesome that the show was addressing it. And I think a was lot there of not enough Bucky arms in there for you. I'm just, Man's no, got. honestly, th- so I like where they're going with both of the, uh, similar to WandaVision, I like that that they're getting into um, the sort of everyday lives of both of these characters after the events of the snap or the blip or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so, like, you know, really seeing Bucky try to make amends with his time as the Winter Soldier and really seeing Falcon try to get back to a normal life and, and, and help his family and things like that. Um, I do think that it is all interesting. I'm just so sad about the stuff with Becky, <laughs> like him being friends with the old man whose son he killed. Mm-hmm. You know, that, oh, yeah. that shit is sad. <laughs> and it's, it's just like, I know that's all part of Bucky's character, that he did some really terrible things, but man. I was trying to figure it's out. It's just sad. I was trying to figure out how long he's been friends with Yuri uh, to be... Because they're friends enough that they have a weekly lunch. Right. Uh, and yet 
he hasn't told him yet about that he killed his son, which I'm, you know, I get that's right. very sad and difficult. Um, but, <laughs> but no, 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 j- just said like, but he's been, he's been trying to, to get over this hump for, uh, long enough that, that they have this level of, uh, friendship. Um, yeah, I don't know. that's kind of all I had to say. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's like, how long is that? Is that like a, that feels like a several months friendship. Well, and I think because it's only been how many, did they say how many months it's been since people came back? Oh, it's uh, only been like three like, or five months or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, um, yeah. Uh, the, also the joke about, um, do you clock the joke about like, oh no, Steve is on the moon or something like that. And then, and then mm-hmm. Falcon's like, oh, I got to go do moon stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's another thing because there, there's a storyline where I think it's, uh, and, and it actually is a winter soldier thing, but, um, there's somebody, you find out Nick Fury, uh, takes on a role called like the, I think it's like the watcher on the wall or base. Basically it's, um, he sits on a base on the moon and like, is monitoring the earth for like even greater oh, threats. Oh, right, right, right. And like, uh, there's a whole drama that unfolds and eventually like Bucky ends up becoming the guy to take that over. Um, so instead of like becoming the next, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, so I like that they, they made a nod to that because in the comics that was actually like some really interesting stories came out of this mm-hmm. weird <laughs> moon base. And it's, like, just the ultimate, like, Nick Fury, clandestine, like, bullshit. Um, right. But. I will say that uh, Falcon, you know, getting rejected for a loan was pretty dumb. Because, like, he's an Avenger. You just start a GoFundMe. Or you reach out to Stark Industries. I mean, there's a number of opportunities when you're the Falcon. To raise some scratch. Yeah. going to the local bank. Yeah, but I think that, well, no, I mean, they, they kind of explain that, like, the family has been doing business with that bank for a long time. Right. And it's just, it's kind of the sister is already in the process. But I, I, I do think that there's something, the point isn't that he has other avenues. I think it's a point that, like, he is an Avenger, everyone knows it, and right. he still can't get alone. Right, like, he's recognized uh, worldwide. <laughs> he's recognized yeah. in, uh, halfway around the world. Right. And, and... It, it still doesn't help him here. And, you know, and even there, it's like, I want a selfie with you, but no, I can't give you money. Like, you don't have any income earnings. And he's like, I right. cease to exist for five years. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and it's not like he doesn't have a steady job. Because it's also, it's that, um, you know, he's still working for the military. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if a U.S. government job can't guarantee you, like, isn't stable enough for a bank loan... Like, what are we doing for, like, you know, people who serve? Like, right. I think that there were a lot of reasons why I thought that's, that that whole kind of sequence was really important um, or, you know, interesting. <sighs> but but also, you know, you still, you know, I, I felt bad because I'm like, I'm interested in all of this stuff, but I keep just thinking, like, we have six episodes and we're worried about a fishing boat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, but it, it's, you know, sentimental value. No, I know no. it is. I'm not. I, the boat is fine. I hope everything works out Well, see, Tori, the boat. Did, did you realize that that boat, <laughs> they grew up on that boat? They grew, I know. <laughs> but that was a little bit funny. I'm like, did anyone, and it, it, it is another one of those sad things. Like, nobody ever asked Sam, like, what's your family like? We know nothing about him. We know more right. about Bucky because of all the Steve Rogers stuff. But, like, right. you know, in the times that we've seen the Falcon on screen, like, nobody's ever asked him, like... I do definitely feel like I learned more about him in this one hour and even in like a few minutes than I knew about him uh, through all the movies. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the same thing that we found with Wanda. Like, right. you know, you learn a lot more about her in a couple episodes of that show than you do. Um, which makes me weirdly, again, even more excited for the Loki show because theoretically Loki is the longer running character. Like we, we've seen him in more movies and we should know more about him. Right. So I'm kind of even more interested on like, well, so what angle are they going to take? Mm-hmm. Like magic. No, it's not just magic. Dungeons and dragons. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, all right. So we have, 
these two guys who, again, have not gotten back together on screen. Yep. And we have a new Captain America, and that's mm-hmm. sure to piss off both of both of these guys. Right. Who looks like the guy they would cast in the reboot of Popeye. Oh my God, he does. He does look mm-hmm. like Popeye. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the the nose chin, the the dark, mm-hmm. the shadow that his like cheeks and nose cast on his chin. Like you know when it looks like somebody's face is kind of like folded in on itself in the middle. Like uh-huh. a yeah. Oh, that poor man. I feel bad. Yeah, I should. He's such a good-looking that. guy with a beard, and just without it, he's just not. <laughs> that poor. <laughs> Poor, handsome, very talented actor. (laughs) (laughs) Who's now making Disney money. Privilege from generations of wealth. I have a a very important question about this show. And it it actually goes back to the opening action sequence. Okay. Okay. So so, uh, Falcon has to go rescue the guy from the airplane that's been hijacked, right? Right. He goes in. Kicks some ass. They, you know, they uh, subdue him long enough. Uh, George St. Pierre subdues him long enough so that they can jump out with like their squirrel suits. Yes. And they start, they start, uh, they start gliding, you know, through the through the airspace. And then uh, Falcon, of course, follows. And then the bad guys, uh, the LAF, uh, have it turns out four helicopters. <laughs> Just in the area, <laughs> like what? I, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to reverse engineer what their plan was because their plan was, we hijack this U.S. military aircraft to get the right. guy that we want, and then we fly him to like airspace that you know. Then he is then you know the the U.S. government won't follow us because right. it's uh, because they don't want to piss off. Was it Libya? I don't. I don't remember. Anyway, I think so. Yeah. Um, fine. That is a that is a perfectly normal plan. Like I get that, but then why do you have these four helicopters? Just like like they're they're clearly in the air because they don't have time to just like take off and then zero in. Like they're they're around this whole time. Dan, it's called a contingency plan. Right, but but they didn't <laughs> they didn't say anything about this contingency plan. I, I just want like one line, one, one line. line. Well, just I mean, saying it's the like same thing. like why did they know to pack the squirrel suits? Right. That too. Well, that that I I understand that a little bit more. It's a little easier. I'm like, okay, fine. You have a like it's like you have parachutes. That's basically just them having parachutes. Fine. Um, but they they have these helicopters and the helicopters are they're, they're for them again and um, and they're all like so well, they're, they're so good at their jobs that they can fly the squirrel suits into the helicopter <laughs> multiple times. They do it twice. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's well, it. That's my question. They, you know, yeah, contingency <laughs> plans and and Marvel. They had the budget. That's why there's only six episodes. They needed to. They needed to pay for the helicopters. <laughs> I mean, they blow up a lot of helicopters. They blow up a lot of helicopters. Um, also, that was so the guy, the main bad guy, is Batrock, but I don't think they ever actually name him. So it's like if you weren't paying attention, it's like, oh, it's that random bad guy from the beginning of Winter Sol of a uh, yeah Captain America right. Winter Soldier. <laughs> I only know I only know him because he's a former UFC fighter. Right. So, um, um, but I forgot. I was like, he looks familiar, and I was like, oh yeah, no, he he's Batrock the Leaper from the other. Like he was already in a movie, and they just right. keep throwing him in, like right. never. Name also, um, the when when uh, Falcon tackles uh, or basically like drags the uh, professor out of or whatever scientist out of the uh, translator, what the guy that he has to save. Right. Um, when he drags him out of the helicopter, like the amount of force he hit him with, like that's gonna that's gonna hurt. Yeah. That's going to hurt that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess he's not dead, but, you know, it's probably might have broken some ribs, you know? It's a serious. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I got some questions about the physics of this world. I was thinking, world. you know, they threw as much money as they could because that was supposed to be first, and they just wanted, like, you know, the first 20 minutes of their first Marvel show to be, like, huge, even if it didn't make any goddamn sense. Oh no! Look, it's a great action sequence. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm just I'm I'm just worried about the LAF that they are not spending their money properly. Yeah, I mean, and it's I hard. feel like yeah, it is. 
I feel like <laughs> they're they wasting could... resources. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. And I don't know how they tie into the other stuff that's happening, the Flag Smashers. Do they tie into the Flag Smashers? I don't think they do, but you... The Flag Smashers are going to be the big bads. Right, right. And I think that's a terrific name. Also from the comics. <laughs> I'm okay if they I don't like tie the in. like Flag Smashers. Because it has, that... a, no, it has a very Confederate sort of feel. Oh, you know? my God. <laughs> But but that that feels that feels okay if the the LAF is just like a one and done kind of thing because that yeah. um, kind of in the way that like uh, uh, what is that movie you know the one with the 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 Batman um, the Dark Knight uh, when <laughs> when like like the opening of Dark Knight is Scarecrow again but then he takes down Scarecrow in like two seconds when like he was the bad guy of That's the right. first movie and it's okay. like oh yeah because you're gonna deal with a bigger bad guy now. Okay, can I can I tell you my grand unifying uh, <laughs> theory of the Nolan Batman movies? Yes, please. Okay, uh, this is my enjoyment of the Nolan Batman movies is directly proportional to how much screen time Killian Murphy has as the Scarecrow. <laughs> so my favorite of the Nolan Batman movies is Batman Begins. Right. And uh, he has, as you mentioned, like thirty seconds of screen time in Dark Knight. So mm-hmm. I know everyone liked Dark Knight. I found it a little tedious, uh, probably because <laughs> it dangled Killian Murphy in my face in the first, in like the beginning of the movie, and then crudely snatched him away. So the whole rest of the movie, I was just angry. Right. Um, and then the third movie was not great, but it had a really great Killian Murphy sequence. Like when his uh, his moment, his cameo in that movie was really good. Was really good, and so I, it made me so happy that as as annoyed as I was with the rest of the movie, by the time his, when his cameo happened, I was so filled with warmth and joy uh, that I can't look poor. Uh, like you know, like it made me happy. Like that moment made me really happy. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's also proportion. It, it's maybe when they put him in, when they strategically deploy Killian Murphy may also be a, you know, if you, if you put him in too early and then take him away, I'm upset. But if you give him to me late in the game when I'm already upset, it just makes me happy. Right. When it's a, a nice surprise. When it's a nice surprise. But so yeah. how would you have felt if Killian Murphy had shown up in staged? <laughs> I would not, I would not be able to talk to you right now. I'd literally, I'd be, I'd be comatose watching the episode over and over again. Have you, have you looked at his cheekbones recently? Uh, no, probably you, not. You can't miss them. They're, They're sharp enough to cut Bucky's eyes. Yeah. I'm just saying I haven't watched anything with him in oh, it. In they a while. should put him in the, in Marvel. He hasn't been in Marvel yet, has he? I don't, uh, I don't think so. so. They should put him in Marvel. I don't know for what. I just want him in there. <laughs> we got, to, you know, they, that's like a bunch of Avengers have died. They need to replenish. Like, just hire Killian Murphy. That's a real takeaway. Oh my God! If he shows up later in Falcon and Winter Soldier, <laughs> 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 they'd probably make him a member of Hydra or something, and then I'd be like, oh, I'm so torn. I'm rooting for Go Hydra ahead. now. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do I do? Um, yeah, so anyway, that's my feeling about Nolan's Batman. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> well, what, so, so, so Tori is probably, so, so Dustin is all in on this show. Well, you know, uh, as much as I get into Dustin, comic book shows. Dustin believes uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the greatest piece of American it art. It is the uh, uh, Mandalorian this, this of side of the resident. <laughs> uh, and Tori is uh, excited for what's coming, but right. uh, would have liked to see uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier actually in a scene together. Yes. And we're all excited about the uh, Pi Pi reboot. Yeah, I think this is a solid grounding for it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to make like a, you know, a teaser to like to Spinach, fundraise, though. you know. Well, you think Popeye, Popeye must have been like sort of a product placement for spinach at one point, right? I mean, like from the beginning. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He's pretty, or maybe for like, you know, uh, maritime jobs. Perhaps. Have you ever had canned spinach? 
not canned, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had canned spinach, and the only reason why you buy canned spinach is because of Popeye, and it is not good. It gives spinach spinach a bad name when later in life spinach I had great. spinach that wasn't in a can, and it's fine. It's good. It's, yeah. In the right context, it's delicious, but spinach in a can is never good. But I wonder... Yeah, that's how Popeye eats it. I want, Could you make a, like a spinach artichoke dip with the canned stuff? Do you think it would... I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's slimy and yeah. I, I, mean, I think in that yeah, you just dump in a lot of cheese would be yeah. fine. I mean, that's kind of true of anything, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. Not uh, just throw up in a bowl and add a lot of cheese. You're good. Not a premixed Jim Beam uh, and ginger oh, yeah. yeah. ale <laughs> drink. That does not. Well, did you, try, did you try it, Dan? Did you add cheese to it? I'm not going to say I didn't try it. <laughs> you know, my wife eats this thing, and I think maybe it's a New England thing, but it's the most disgusting thing. Oh, dear God. It is uh, cottage cheese and cocktail sauce, and it's like a dip. Oh. oh. Wait, what's Whoa. cocktail sauce? Oh, it's the, the tomato-y type. You put your tomato and horseradish. You, put, oh, you, you dip okay. the shrimp in. Yeah. Oh, like for shrimp? Yeah, okay, got yeah. it. Not right. Oh, Not I could, right. I could see that being okay. But like, no, she eats it with wrong. a spoon, or like with with. No, you, like with crackers. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I get that. Does she heat it up, or is it cold? No, it's cold. Yeah. What's the proportions? Like I'm a half, not half? sure. I'd say, yeah, I'd say probably half half. I mean, I mean, it's still it's kind of cheese, and I mean, it's not going to be bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Does she make a big bowl and you're the only one who doesn't eat it or she's the only one who does eat it? She's the only one that does eat it. Mm. But you got to have those snacks, though, that are, like, just yours because then, then like, you're sure that, like, no one else is going to eat it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> why, that's why microwave queso. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's wrong with microwave queso? I mean, nothing. I just, you know. And there's not everyone loves that? Well, I just make sure that... I'm not eating it around. I don't like to share. I feel like we've covered this. I don't like to share. <laughs> oh, now I'm hungry. Why does this always end yeah, with me, me too. hungry? Me, I'm also hungry. Um, maybe we should end there uh, yeah. so that we can deal with our hunger or go to sleep hungry, whatever that is. Whatever that, yeah. Um, Wait, but yeah. Dustin, did you have any other pressing oh, yeah. Marvel Sorry. questions? I did not. I think that's it. Okay. So, do we want to take else? bets on whether uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier will meet on, will share a screen this week? Ah, uh, no, I'm thinking like episode three. I think yeah. it'll be. I think it'll be weirdly late. Like, I think we'll get there toward the end of the episode. I would honestly like. I would come full circle on this whole delay if they waited until the sixth episode. <laughs> If, like, the, the promise of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier in the title was right. just, like, the, the, the very end of the climax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, you'll get there at the well, end. Well, where is, where is, wait, where is Winter Soldier? Like, he's not even, um, he's in I mean, this, this, this first episode, right, but I, I just mean, like, this first episode was so much more about uh, Falcon. Falcon that, um. Like Winter Soldier, like we don't even know what he cares about uh, with like U.S. Agent. Like they didn't show him reacting to that, right? No, they didn't. So, yeah. So we could. Uh, uh, I could see it being like end of end of the episode or episode three. End of the end of the series. <laughs> it's just all bank loans and 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 you know <laughs> making making peace with the people whose family you've murdered mm-hmm. and then at the very end they they join forces to to fight some terrorists with fake captain america it's just good good good, good. it's just five minutes <laughs> <laughs> who's popeye in disguise oh god it's gonna ruin me for the rest of the show oh man like no wonder he looks so muscly. It's all that spinach. I mean, it, it would be it would be a big a big pivot. <gasps> oh. He's off to the finish because he loves his spinach. Dan, for the for the header image for this week's episode, can you Photoshop <laughs> a little pipe into <laughs> into U.S. Agent's mouth <laughs> and like a little can of spinach in his hand? 
Uh, we'll see. I, I don't know if I can get the canned spinach, but we'll we'll see what. I bet I can do something. Um, you know, I do have other things in going on in my life, right? Oh, just <laughs> you just have to let you just have to ask. We can always help. No, I can. I can. That's very easy. I can. I can do that. Mm, um, that also. Well, the, the thing that I like about that is that that gives me the idea for the header image, which usually takes time for me to come up with something. So that's good. I like that. See, we help. We you help out. Definitely, you definitely helped out. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that's the show. We'll, we'll be back next week. This one is only, you guys, I don't want to freak you out, but this one's like barely an hour. Well, we could um, we could just sit amazing. in silence for a few minutes if you want to we're, top it off. We're, no, we're not doing that. Hello, we're gonna, darkness, we're, my old friend. We're going to end it here while Dustin's singing. Uh, Sing us no out, game, Dustin. No game this week because I didn't plan one uh, for reasons. But uh, so the game to be determined was a lie. Someday oh, yeah, the we'll, rabbit hole game. We're, gonna, we we're not going to play. It's too. We're not playing. It's too late. I've we already. Play, I've already let's tried. play truth or dare. I've already tried to end the show twice. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Have a good night. Have a good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>